Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and we are embarking on the penultimate episode about season two. And I'm here, as usual, with my good buddy, Toasty. Toasty! Are you ready? Are you ready to be almost wrapping up our season two recap? Yes, I'm excited to move on to some some new stuff. Yeah, man, there's so much lore. There's so many monsters to talk about. There's so many good things. And we're going to be doing this episode next week. We're going to be joining our patrons again for one of our awesome patron chats. And then the week after that is the final episode of season two. And then we're on to some other stuff. So, um, man, things are Things are moving along, and this this is a really fun episode. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happens in this one, so I'm excited to get to it. What do you think? Should we just dive right in? Sure, why not? All right. I know you've gone through and kind of divided things up into different sections again, like we've been doing with these episodes. So where are we going to start this week? Uh, we're going to start with the small stuff. We're going to go with the big stuff. Right. Um, small stuff, Geralt. Yeah. Tiny, itty-bitty thing. Very tiny, itty bitty thing. Um, <laughs> Geralt is in this episode. That's all you need to know. No, kidding. Um, I definitely, <laughs> I put this in a weird order, but it it helps my brain and my ADHD actually process things if I do it this way. So yeah, which means if it works for you, it will work for non-ADHD people really, really well. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you're listening to this podcast, you just have to accept the fact you have an ADHD host. No, I'm, and, I'm being serious. Like if it if it works for for somebody with ADHD, then like it, like a person who doesn't have those kinds of issues, it'll be even more organized for somebody else. Like that's probably a good thing. Really? I did. I did not know that. I just thought that my mind was an absolute cluster. But that's what I'm saying. If it's organized enough for you, then it's going to be like super organized for everybody else. We'll see about that. We'll okay. See. All right. Um, well, we'll just dive anyways, right in. <laughs> I would just, we're going to start. I'm just going to touch on the couple uh, side plot things we got going on here um, with some of the stuff tying into other things. So in this episode, there's a very small Ryan's and Lydia portion or mm-hmm. Ryan's is getting kind of impatient with wanting to meet the you know the boss wait wait, wait. Uh, he's being like a jerk that's not that seems out of character for him it seems totally out of character yeah. <laughs> what are you talking um, about yeah uh and uh, so you know there's that um lydia is basically saying like well you know if you wanted to be the boss meet the boss maybe you shouldn't have messed up the last mission which is like yeah fair enough um and then uh they try to kind of recover here she uh does a little bit of a spell or something where she kind of absorbs the mutagen and based on the sounds that she makes afterwards it doesn't exactly go too well no Um, no it's one of those scenes where i I feel like as the viewer we're all going is this a good idea maybe no this can't be a good idea and i think i think the thing about this is that that part isn't important i think the important part is showing us just how much of a sociopath ryan's is yeah. because he does not flinch at the like her screaming and agonizing pain instead i believe he leans closer because uh-huh. he's curious and it's like you have no emotions sir yeah it's so more of a interesting show me more kind of look yeah yeah this dude um yeah yeah sociopath um Anyways, I'm going to move on to the Aratusa stuff. We've got some Aratusa stuff. So, first things first, apparently, Vilgefortz and Tissaia are a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we was... get we get some jammy time with them. Yeah. Yeah. We get some be- this... bedroom hair. <laughs> I... I'll tell you what, this is about one of the biggest caught off guard things I had this season. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, them being... I was like, wait what <laughs> seriously <laughs> so so you're um, saying this doesn't happen in the books uh this is another portion where like uh, vilgefortz is a major 
is a major character in the books to say it not so much i believe she's in one <laughs> one of the books mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. um so uh, it's it's not like this this is they're obviously much more prominent characters um here because they actually show us stuff that happens around people that aren't Geralt. Um, right. But right. Yeah. It was just like, wait, what? And you know, I, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not a fan. I don't, I don't like it for, for, for knowledge that I possess that we have not shared with you yet. I don't like it. Um, but I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want to like spoil books and stuff that people okay. I know people are reading. Um, anyways, uh, we move on. The Brotherhood is kind of meeting together, talking about the elven baby. Stregobor doesn't like it. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, he doesn't like an elven baby. Huh. Uh, man, you know, I, I really expected him to. I really expected him to really fully support this elven baby. Stregobor. Not really. Yeah. Stregobor. It seems really out of character for him to again, not support this. Again, elven. another totally out of character moment. Who would have who would have guessed? No, nah, no. Nah. Stregobor is being racist like usual. Yeah. Um yeah. uh and yeah. boom, boom, uh, Deekstra, boom. Yeah, and uh Deekstra's there, by the way. Um he came and told them about the elven baby. Um to which to say is kind of like, uh, why should we even care? You know, Stregobor cares because he's racist. Um, to say it's like this isn't a, like a problem. Like I don't see how this is a problem, and why it's important. You should just leave. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But we get a little bit of a of a little bit of flex from Dijkstra showing us just how far his tendrils reach. As he like he's got knowledge on everything. Yeah, so this whole scene, I feel like, was more of a let's fill the viewers in on just how influential and important Dijkstra is. Mm-hmm. This was less of a this was less about let's actually show anything that's important in the plot line, and more about let's make sure the viewers understand that this guy who we've now introduced in this season for the first time, you didn't see him in season one is absolutely a key player. You need to pay attention to him. And he's even more important than any of the Kings that you've noticed that we've introduced so far. Like Mm -hmm. you absolutely need to pay attention to what he's doing. And that's, I feel like that was the, the most important thing to take from this scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's also, you know, touching in on the political stuff. That's like very much a big aspect of the Witcher universe, like the politics side of it. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're at least having it in in a way that doesn't like, you know, bore the hell out of you either. <laughs> like, like yeah. it's interesting. It's short and sweet bits of like political so that like you have enough to keep to, like to pique your interest, but not enough to like you know kind of zone it out it's not like star trek the next generation where it's just like lots of people talking and then every so often there's an action sequence like once in an episode yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. so but yeah so he does that flexes just how far his his network reaches with him knowing that tris is back to uh is back at eratusa which not everyone in the council knew or the brotherhood do that Mm-hmm. Like Vilgefortz is like Triss is back. <laughs> Wait, what? Like yeah. she didn't even tell her bed partner, right. and Dijkstra figured it out. It's like he knows stuff. Um, so, but then he just leaves. Uh, later on, we got to say a trying to like she's trying to gently question Triss about Siri. Like she's trying to get some information out of Triss about Siri. Vilgefortz barges in very impatiently. Yeah. And just ruins the whole thing um, because uh, he he's doesn't take that delicate approach. And Tris, like it just cuts off Tris's trust in that moment. She walks out. Um, and then we have a bit of a, a lover's spat um, where uh, Vilgefortz just makes me not like him even more by um, trying to like, woe is me to win the art like i was like dude wait what 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he gets mad, gets upset, yells at her, even though Taseya was obviously taking the correct approach because she was succeeding. And mm-hmm. then he goes to apologize and then flips it on her. Like, well, I wish you just trusted me the same way I trust you. And it's like, yeah, it was, it was clearly like a lover spat. It was one of those, like this relationship is now getting in the way of actual policy and strategy mm-hmm. when it came to like political maneuvering. Yeah. Well, you know, I just think to say I should just dump him and <laughs> I don't like Google for it. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> um, moving on. And then we later get to see and this. Uh, we'll, we'll touch back into this on the centrist stuff, but uh, we see Fringilla paying. I guess this would probably be a Banard and not Eratusa. At least I assume so. Um, but Fringilla visits her uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Which is seeking guidance. Yes. Um, and this is some, this scene is very interesting. Do we want to cover this now or do we want to cover this after some of you the. You know what? We'll get. We'll, we'll do this in the center stuff. We'll okay. do the center stuff because it ties back in. Right. Speaking okay. of the center stuff, let's move on to that. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. So, uh, first thing we see in Centro, we got Fragilla, Kair, um, and maybe i just didn't care i don't think they've named this general up to this point i, I think he's just like the general um yeah i, I don't, don't know i don't know either remember a name Mm-mm. so uh but the the angry general who's been angry at fringilla this entire season yeah can we guy. just call him grumpy dude sure uh gg grumpy general grumpy general um <laughs> yep. uh but Basically, he's unhappy in Kair's a little bit. Kair's kind of at this balancing point of trying to like kind of meet them both halfway here because, you know, he trusts Fringilla, but he also is trying to like be the general and and like so he's trying to kind of meet this middle ground, mm-hmm. but it seems like neither of them's really impressed, though the general's more outspoken about it, right. about her lack of a strong hand. Right. Like she's right. being too nice to the elves mm-hmm. and she needs to show some authority, even though she is not their authority. Right. It's like, so do you want her to have a stronger hand with the elves or you just want her to back off completely, my guy? Like you are not. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of contradicting yourself here in this situation. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. I mean, Kair's the type who just wants to dominate, right? He's, we've seen it Mm -hmm. and we've seen it in the previous episode where he just kind of wants to put everybody in their place and make sure that even if it's not his job, that they know that he's going to make his case and they have to listen to him no matter what, that kind of thing. Right. And so he assumes and I've worked with people like this, that that's the best way to lead. And so therefore everyone else should use that method as well. And he knows that Fringilla isn't like that. And so he's trying to get her to be more like that because he thinks that's the only way forward. That's the sense I get about this. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's not really working out. Um, and, uh, yeah, no. And, and, uh, we see a bit of a, a really uh, unfortunate little execution here. Um, some mm-hmm. some woman, some elf, it was stealing food, um, and they hung her for it. Um, right. So, right. kind of a, a ser- zero tolerance kind of policy. Yeah, but this is just this is also uh, GG, Mister Grumpy General. Also, just uses it kind of as a point or to like make his point even more because she wasn't willing to execute the elf for for their crime. But he obviously was. <laughs> he seemed a little eager to, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. So uh, I think after this, we we get uh, Fringilla visiting Francesca and Philavandro, who are you know doting over their new baby, like most parents normally do, because this mm-hmm. is the day after mm-hmm. they had the baby. So mm-hmm. they've just had this baby. Yeah, they got a little, um, little potato baby with a little floppy head. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yep. so they're doting over the baby. Uh-huh. Uh, Frangilla, I think, tries to take a take a shot at this stronger hand kind of situation because she comes in and just kind of starts like bossing Phil Evandro around um, and he's not having it. He's like, you know, we didn't 
sign up to die in your war for you. Um, and, and, you know, he's a new dad. He's got a more important aspect or like a more important thing in his life now. Right. Right. So, well, the thing that they were waiting for has come to pass. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing is that like they were seeking refuge in order to make sure that this baby could be born. That's what, yeah, that's what the, the, uh, they were told was that right. if they did this alliance with Nilfgaard, that right. it would help their people flourish and prosper. Right. So at least one of the things that they were waiting to happen has happened. So they've already reaped the benefit of one of the things that they were looking to achieve. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, the baby needs to grow up and they still need to worry about the you know safety of their people and all of these other things but it's it's like they they already got paid out in part if you think of it that way like if i was to make a deal with you and say like i'll give you ten thousand dollars if you do these things and i'll pay it out in you know these i don't know yearly sums for the next five years and i gave you the first two thousand dollars of that you would feel like well even if the deal goes south after the first year at least i got two grand already that still mm-hmm. feels pretty good you know, like, so that that's kind of the mood that they're kind of in at this point is like, well, we already got something out of this is that that's the sense they have. It's like the most important thing that they were hoping for as well, right. like being right. able to reproduce on their own. I think, yeah, I'm not sure if this is stated something like later in the, or if the, he did it in the first part, but Kair said like them, you know, getting to the fact where they can like feel like they can reproduce on their own and they won't need Nilfgaard anymore. Yes. Right. And we don't want them to have that kind of mindset. And we can see that they are getting, they're right. working on moving towards that mindset. Yep. Um, so yeah. Um, the Phil Evangel doesn't respond happily to Frenchella trying to kind of boss them around. Uh, Francesca is like, this doesn't seem like you, um, you know, is this, this, this is probably just Kair talking. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Francesca tries to kind of like plead with her here. Like, you know, I, I need this. And it's Francesca says that like there, her friendship is important, but she has a new top priority. And that is yeah. the bond of family, which like can't be broken like you can expect other bonds to break but family is forever at least in her opinion um i have personally i would disagree but you know that's just me in my situation I well guess. yeah um, but in in well at least in her intentions family is yeah. to not be broken yeah so right. right yeah and this is uh this is kind of that thing that uh leads into the uh Frangilla visiting her uncle because mm-hmm. you know she basically just got told like she's being told that her plan needs to succeed here or else the white flame is going to be angry and people are already very angry with her and she's trying and she can see that uh, she's losing this battle here <laughs> like yeah. like the elves are pulling away she is going to get blamed for this a hundred percent um so she visits her uncle she's seeking guidance um i wonder i wonder how much the family bond family is the bond that can't be broken thing makes her also think of her uncle in this this is exactly this is what i so i wrote this down and i think that this scene is her testing that yeah i think she's testing that theory to see if it's true or not yeah because she's going okay all i have all these other bonds over here but if those are temporary bonds can i at least rely on the family that i have yeah so um basically he is telling her like there's a chance that she can be accepted back onto their side but she's gonna have to basically like you know kind of go on trial from the sounds of it, essentially for mm-hmm. it. Um, and he's just kind of going through this. And I think, I think he puts like way too much emphasis on like the, like getting her back on their side, as opposed to like offering support to my niece. And yeah. I think this is what does it for her. I think she like kind of is like, 
I don't believe that because he puts too much emphasis on the thing that she like, not on her. Right. But on the political game, he's showing that his bonds to, to the, to the mages and the group and the, and the policies is stronger than his bonds to her. Yeah. So, uh, and we kind of end off there, him like talking about that stuff and her just kind of like, I think coming to the realization, um, and then we uh or we, we get a little bit of Dara telling the owl that he quits. Um, you know, Dijkstra's owl. Um it, not happy. Uh he he doesn't want to do this anymore, so he quits. Yeah. Um Yeah, which is which is cool because it, it feels like it's kind of been leading to this. Cause we get this sense that he's not hundred percent happy with his role. Yeah, I think he's almost all of this. He's I think he's trying to like kind of figure out where he's at and kind of get like a, a purpose for himself. He is still mm-hmm. really young. And so he hasn't like got to the point where like, like, as I mean, he, he really did latch onto Siri before. Like he had like a, a purpose, like a goal of like keeping her safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know? So I, I think he's just, he's searching for that, like calling for himself or something. Um, and he's realizing it the stuff that's tying back into Siri. He's like, you know, I still want to do that. And keep her safe. So, right. and he doesn't seem like a bad person. Like he seems like he's he wants to do things good. that are good. He just doesn't know what that necessarily is. Yeah, I really like Dara. To be honest, he's yeah. just a very. I know he's a very minor character, but I still really like him. Um, and then we get uh, what I just I, I just called the scary fragility. <laughs> <laughs> this was a terrifying scene. Uh, so. We see all the we, we see Kair and the general and some other yes. people of, of merit sitting around the table, having lunch, drinking, uh, basically talking about the general's uh, grumpy general. Gigi is uh, basically <laughs> saying that Frangilla is like too much of a liability at this point. We need to get her out of the way. Like right. she's the problem. Kair isn't really focused on that. He's focused on like getting Siri. Like that's his goal. That's the most important thing. So he's, you know, trying to put his focus on that. And the general's like, yeah, yeah, we can take care of that, but we got to get Fringilla out of the way first, mm-hmm. you know? So, and then everyone just freezes. Yes. This scene was incredible. Yeah. Because so everyone's like, yeah, go ahead. Well, th- this to me, this was her, taking Kair's words to heart. This was her mm-hmm. going, okay, I need to step up and I need to take command of the situation. And I need to, I need to do what I need to do in order to take control and do what I need to do. I like, I need to make the situation go where I want it to go. So fine, I will do it and I will do it my way. I with, don't th- yeah, I right? don't think Kair was expecting his words to be going. Uh-uh. Way, so. Absolutely. And that's what so. was so awesome about the situation is is like her doing it her way meant magic and it meant coming at them the in in you know in a way that was unexpected and it meant like like she's not going to let them push her around and they need like they need to know just how badass and powerful she is. And so fine. And so she just yeah. freezes them and she uses like, and she talks to them and they can just like barely move their eyes. And then she like kills them in the most like slow, sadistic ways. And it's just, it is just intense. It's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I know. It's, but it was so good. Dude. It was so very, good. very cool. It was yeah, very, very so. cool. Like, okay, fine. I'm, yeah, I'm in control here. This, yeah, this so is what she, it looks like. she freezes them all with uh, a bit of a uh, botany, uh, <laughs> a, a choice of a uh, uh, plant that she learned about at Eratusa. Yeah. Um, they're all frozen. Uh, Gigi gets a, a very, uh, like, I don't know if this is like a, a dinner utensil or something. He gets a very pointy object uh, jabbed slowly through his eye and into his brain. I know. Oh, um, man. And then uh, she, uh, then she kills off the other two that are there having lunch. I don't really know what their positions were, but apparently they were important enough to die. Commanders Um, of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So basically she's telling Kair like, all right, cool. We'll do this your way, but also 
uh, we're going to do it because I said so. And this is what we're going to do exactly. Right. And it's, it's terrifying. You could tell Kair, even though he can move his eyes, he's like, Oh, Oh shit. I yeah, messed up. Right, right. I messed up. Right. Okay. I need to be aware of how dangerous this woman is. I got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Shut so, up in chat. Shut up. Joker says it was the first of Frangilla's scenes where she was in control instead of just reactive. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was very cool. So yeah. uh, they're planning now how to how to prepare for the arrival of the White Flame mm-hmm. with Fringilla taking a much more active role in this planning now. Um, and then later on, uh, we see a little bit of a scene, a little bit of a spooky, spooky, shadowy person going down a hallway um, and into a room. Uh, and then we get Francesca waking up to her content warning for people because it might be disturbing for some yeah, people disturbing stuff um i'm gonna f- have a few seconds here for you to pause or skip or something she wakes up to her dead baby <laughs> yeah yeah like, well this isn't the first time we've seen a dead baby or child on the show so yes yeah. but yeah damn <laughs> yeah yeah so a little elven baby who's been alive for like a day mm-hmm. is is gone yep no more uh and it's obviously very heartbreaking right um and this isn't a natural people. death this isn't just like the baby stopped yeah, breathing this, or something this, this is assassinated this baby right. was assassinated right um and and uh so and we'll talk a little bit about more stuff during that whole um a scary frangilla scene we hear the deathless mother whispering like in the background like yes like she's obviously oh. feeding off of frangilla oh, doing this yeah um and then this this death of the, the pain that um francesca and phil evangel feel in this moment is enough to free the deathless mother from her prison. Yeah. And I can't uh, and imagine, I can't imagine that. I mean, that's gotta be one of the worst feelings that anybody could ever feel. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, um, this is actually a really good place to pause. Cause we've got a whole section with, um, with Yennefer and Siri and then, uh, Geralt, and yes gear so why don't we do the mid break here and then we'll wrap up the second half of the show with that stuff and a little bit of the you know post conversation Mm -hmm. stuff so let's uh let's go thank our patrons and we'll be right back very well let us get this over with something has infested my vineyard Mm -hmm. great let me go prepare my something oil then all right, so here we are in the middle of the show, and this will be real quick because um, we don't have any new patrons, but we do get to thank all of all the thirteen of our current patrons, including Bane the Hospitaller, Hospitaller, Hospitalier, Hospitalier. Is that how you? It's it's an pronounce? Assassin's Creed reference. Oh. Oh, I must not have played that one. I've played like half of the games in the series. There's like 24,000 games in that series at this point. That is true. So I've only played like 12,000 of those games. But Bane, thank you for being our tier five supporter. You get a call out every single week. And to all 13 of you guys, thank you for supporting the show. And if we've done anything to help you get through your workday, your workout, your drive to work, or eating too much pizza twice this week because things just happened that way and you ended up getting pizza twice and now you've got way too much cheese in your stomach and when you go to bed it makes this like a gurgle sound then go to feeling great shame about that aspect and installing the treadmill back in your office yeah because i guess that's is that what led to it is that what led to it it might be part of it pizza i also go into a wedding tomorrow and had to buy new clothes because oh no Partly because it's been like, I don't know, six or seven years since I bought new clothes, like nice clothes to wear. Also, had to get slightly larger clothes because I'm not the same size I was six or seven years. Anyway, I'm just going to blame it on the pandemic. Um, But yeah, I've got my treadmill set up under my, I've got a little standing desk and I put the treadmill under there every so often so I can walk and play games at the same time. Anyway, uh, go to patreon.com slash witcher lorecast and check out all the different tiers where you can get 
ad-free episodes for real cheap or if you're if you're feeling really really good about it and want to sign up at one of the higher tiers you can join us for our patron episodes which will be on this day this is monday when we're recording that'll be on the 28th which is coming up next week when we will be joining our patrons again to chat on monday nights and um even even the uh tier four people and higher can get uh, t-shirts now, which mm-hmm. are up on the Patreon. So if you go to the patreon.com slash Witcher Lorecast page, you can see all the different t-shirt designs, which are super cool. They're like Witcher contracts with monsters and stuff. And if you sign up as tier three, you'll get the sticker versions. So lots of cool stuff. Go check it yeah. out. And if you want to, if you want to get in on the, the, the spicy topic next week, you know, yeah, this is probably going to be the spiciest Patreon episode. I, I will say that we probably will ever have. Like, honestly, yeah, we just so. pulled out all the stops. So like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> let's go. Let's let's have them at it. Yeah. Uh, so if you have have at it, if you have an opinion, Ian or Tris, then or not either of them and someone else, maybe it's up to you. Or, but if you want to get your opinion on the show and you really want, you've really got a good reason and justification, you got to get it on here. This is the week to sign up to make sure that mm-hmm. you can be or upgrade. I mean, if you're already a patron, you want to upgrade, you can join us. So just make sure you do it before Monday, the 28th. Even if you do it on Monday, the, the 20th, before the show, you can still, even if we're, you know what? We even had a patron do it during the show, during the live show. Remember? Yeah, we we really we, there's no there's no procedure here. There's no procedure. <laughs> if you sign up before the end of that Patreon episode, yeah. you can be on it. Basically. Totally, totally fine. <laughs> it's a, it's uh, a live show. Anything can happen. Um, yeah. But anyway, we we really do appreciate everybody who helps support the show. And um, we've got no new reviews or anything like that to read out. But if you do listen on Apple Podcasts and want to leave us a rating and a review, that would be awesome. We'll read those out on future episodes. And also on Spotify, if you can leave us a, a rating on there, which you can do now. That would be awesome. And when we hit 250 of those, Toasty will dye his hair and will look just like Geralt. Identical. They'll be like identical twins. He's also been working out a lot, too. So he'll have like big muscles and stuff. It'll be awesome. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Oh, dear. All right. Oh, dear. Oh, on that note, let's get on with the rest of the show. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right, yeah. I'm glad those workouts are going really good for you. Um, all right, we're back. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, so where are we going now? Who are we talking about? <laughs> all right, so so we get kind of uh we get we get the we get Geralt and Yaskier together. We get Yennefer and Ciri together, and eventually mm-hmm. this will all tie into one nice little bow here. Um, the boys so and the girls. I think we're just gonna start with Geralt's. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, and this is this is where the episode takes off, like from the start, and it picks up right right where we left off from last episode after he killed all the Michelet brothers. Um, he's kind of looking at the aftermath. Um, and Ninnick is there with him. Uh, <laughs> she's very upset because a bunch of people got murdered in her temple. Yeah. Um, I don't think that happens every day. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a violence free zone. And well, <laughs> that didn't quite work out. Sorry. Uh, Geralt finds uh Redanian crowns, which is, uh, an important piece of evidence for where he, uh, thinks he needs to go next. Um, so uh, he's talking to Nineka, uh, you know, about, she's trying to kind of warn him about like just how dangerous series might be, mm-hmm. um, given the situation, uh, she broke the orbiculum, which apparently is a, a very, uh, or no one's ever done that before. So yeah, I almost broke my orbiculum once when I fell off. My yeah. Bike um, I was but, a, a kid. Yeah, and I, this is another thing. I don't know. I can't remember. I know Ben's in the chat probably, and maybe he can remind me. I can't remember if Ninika was like confirmed to be a sorceress or have any magic in the books. I think she was just a priestess. I don't remember that for sure. Because um, most of the time, all she did was talking. So I can't remember. Um, she, I know she did like herbs and alchemy a lot. 
Right. But that doesn't necessarily confirm but, that you were a sorceress. But in this, right. she does have magic. She uses like a little bit to kind of like she has a little bit of magic to try and heal his injury, and she opens a portal um for him to to get to Oxenvert. So that's a pretty big deal. Um we move to Yaskier, who is in jail, and it seems like he's been in there a while, uh, singing songs and talking to rats. He's got buddies. <laughs> yeah, his buddies, new friends. His new friends. Um, and uh, Geralt shows up, breaks him out. Um, they have a cute little scene together. It's very funny. Um, and says, and, no magic. Confirmed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we get um, probably the most surprising thing I say that second most surprising thing this season for me uh-huh. was the fact that apparently Yaskier is just like kind of jacked. Okay. So yes, let's talk about this scene. All right. So here's how this went uh, uh, behind the scenes. I don't know for real, but in my head, my head cannon says this is head cannon. This behind is behind. This scenes. is that. This is the way this happened behind the scenes. Right. Ben did confirm by the way, right. she did not have magic in the right. books, right? No so. magic in the books. All right. So, All right. so behind cool. the scenes, uh, the actor who plays Yaskier, um, Joey Beatty, Joey Beatty goes to the showrunners and he's like, Hey, uh, um, how come Yaskier, doesn't get to have any sexy scenes with the ladies, but Geralt gets to have all these sexy scenes with the ladies. And they're like, well, I mean, and he's like, I mean, I've been working out and stuff. I, I, I mean, look, check this out. And he pulls up his shirt and shows the abs and stuff. And he's like, I'm ready for like a sexy scene with the ladies. Why don't we just, why don't we set one of those up? I mean, yeah, yes, you're constantly like running away with the girls and the guys, you know, their dads are getting mad. We could set up a sexy scene with the ladies. And they're like, uh, okay, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. And he's like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. And then they were like, uh, okay, we figured something out for you. And he's like, okay, great. And so instead of setting up a sexy scene late with the ladies, they figured out, well, we'll just have him take off the shirt and stick him in a freezing cold pool because in the post conversations and stuff that come up for the show, like he talks about that scene and they, they filmed it in something like, I don't know, March or something. And it was like freezing out. And it was like, it was like the water was just like so cold. And it was just like free, like that whole day when they had to shoot, they kept having to do reshoots and it was just like, Oh my God, it was so cold. Yeah, so that's how that's you know went. what? So I got my head cannon for this, right? Uh-huh. I'm gonna do my head cannon. Uh, we're going on a tangent here, but why? Why not? Why, why not? not? Why? Um, my head cannon was that he didn't do any of that stuff. Uh-huh. He didn't talk to them at all. They were looking at it and they're like, "All right, so this is essentially like Geralt and Yaskier broke up last season. Like it was essentially <laughs> as if they broke up." Uh-huh. Uh so Yaskier took they they put Yaskier down, down that like that routes of like you know whenever you like break up with someone and you like go through this whole route of like improving yourself right so like he, he's like, working out goes, he tries gets, to make he him feel jealous out, he gets a he gets a makeover he gets a yeah. cool red jacket and a hat right and he makes us he writes a song about Geralt right. about how much he grows his hair him. out gets like, big muscles that's very much like post breakup. Right. I'm going to prove that I better off without you vibes right yeah. there. <laughs> it's a revenge body. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but no, no. Yes. Gear is like hella like cut here. Like it's, it's just impressive. Yeah. It was like, wow. Well, okay, the other thing is that expecting that he, the best way to get abs is to, to, to eat less. So he's been in jail. So he probably hasn't been eating very much. Like you can and work also out like not getting proper nutrients right. for like muscle growth here. Either. Well, that, I mean, that's part of it. Part of it is you have to do a lot of sit-ups, but then like you could do all the sit-ups in the world, but if you eat a lot of pizza, like I do, you'll never see the abs. So you also have to like calorie restrict. You have to do the two. Th- you have both things go together. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> the conversation that happens during this part is much more important but I'm sure a lot of people weren't thinking about that in the first time it ran through. Uh, I wasn't. Um, anyways, uh, uh, Geralt's asking about Yin, like why, why was Yin and yes, or why was Yin and yes, that was weird. Uh, why was Yin in Oxenfurt? Um, <laughs> that makes more sense. And, and 
yes gears just kind of telling them all this Much stuff it's like you know she was there she helped them out surprisingly they got along pretty well for how much she hates her and uh-huh. Uh-huh. how much hair she has and how she lost her <laughs> magic and uh-huh. uh, uh then we're like wait a minute girl like wait she lost her magic yeah go back to that part girl's still catching up on everything conversation right what do you mean she lost her magic um and he tells her about it uh or tells him about it and uh then he kind of comes he's like oh she just kind of disappeared into a cloud of cinders and stuff i guess she didn't lose her magic and then tells Geralt about uh what she said when that happened the whole line of you know turn your back to the forest hut hut turn your front to me hut hut mm-hmm. uh, and Geralt figures out that yin's in league with voleth mir we get the name for the deathless mother mm-hmm. voleth mir mm-hmm. um and yeah now he's really concerned because siri is with yennefer and yennefer seems to be uh tr- trying to get siri to the deathless mother for some reason and he does not like that uh so uh they end up running into uh yarp and zigrin and his gang who i guess just don't like yes gear because they just yeeted an axe into his shirt <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i don't know why they did that i think they're just they grumpy dwarfs like i love I- one i love yarpin I, lo- I love Yarpin. I love He's Yarpin. So I love all the dwarves. Like, I, I love how they're just grumpy and they're just like, I love fight scenes with them because they're like, ah, they just jump on people and like, they're, good they're stuff. So good. Good uh, stuff. But yeah, so uh, they end up uh, kind of joining up with Yarpin's crew for this and they're all traveling to Central together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Now, this uh, is from this point on is where like, we just have to throw like time out the window and traveling distances don't make any sense anymore. It's true. Like, it's true. unfortunately they had a little bit of issues at the beginning of the season and then at the end of the season. And I wish they could have stretched this season out like three more episodes instead of this one. And then just one more because it would have wrapped up so much better. But unfortunately this is where that stuff kind of falls apart because there yeah. are some really good moments like the fringilla scene um the combat with the dwarves jumping on stuff like the the good scenes here towards the end of the season get overshadowed by some of these other issues which is unfortunate but anyway let's let's move on with uh yennefer and siri yeah yeah well yeah so we get another cute scene with yaskir and Geralt later where they're uh, oh, yes, yeah. you're just kind of yeah. wondering about you know what's changed with you because you didn't you did not care about this child of surprise before and now you are like yeah. running to her rescue right now so right. this is weird yeah like but why are just, you a dad now like what happened yeah why are you dad and he's right. getting emotional yeah. and then Geralt says like a response that's not emotional at all and yes right. just goes off about how emotional it's so good their friendship is so good and I appreciate the hell out of it yes uh so it's great um but yeah that's pretty much that until they come running into the next part that we will get into with uh, uh after we talk about Yin and Siri so um they they're in Sodden. They're in that one house of the people she stayed with, uh, where Geralt found her at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, they find out the Ryans has been there, and he burned them. Like they did. They they charred corpses now. Siri's very upset about this um, because she feels well, they were she feels good like people. That's her fault. They were good yeah, people. They're, like they're just random people. Well, and they they like helped both of them out. Like, and it was also like months prior. Yeah, like it was so long ago, and yet they he just he just torched him anyways. Um, but you know, like we discussed, Ryan's is obviously a sociopath, yes. so it makes sense. Um, they decide to go to Sintra. Yin is kind of like it seems like she's genuine, but we know it's like an ironic thing where she's kind of playing the part like she doesn't know certain things and like she mm-hmm. wants to go with Siri to protect her. Mm-hmm. But as the audience, we are all aware that the deathless mother is whispering in her ear, telling to her to bring Siri to Sintra. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting play. She's kind of playing Siri, but we all know that Yennefer is like an excellent manipulator. 
that's like one of her prime talents. So it makes sense. And Siri wants to trust her. Um, they talk about their relationships on route, um, which is probably <laughs> it's like you mentioned where it's like weird travel things where like they've been running their horses wild and apparently like maybe like like a two and a half minute walk is enough for the horses to recover to full spread them again apparently yeah i just thought that was funny yeah. um but yeah they're talking about it like how much siri trusts him how Geralt's like her father that she never had she actually says that yeah um and then she asked yennefer how she feels about Geralt. Yennefer tells her and Siri's like, ah, so you love him too. And it's like, I don't think Yennefer realized that she did. I think she's realizing that. Yeah. Or she's been trying to deny the fact that she loved him for so long that she managed to convince herself that she didn't, but having this random like child just tell her like, ah, and she was like, Ah, crap. Maybe I do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Very floored by that statement. And right. So. Yeah. I think, I, I think you're right. I think having a conversation with Siri about it, like brought her guard down. Whereas like having a conversation with another adult about it would have been a little bit more guarded, but mm-hmm. having just heard a child say, he's like a father to me. He's such a good person. Like helped bring the truth out with Yennefer. Like, I, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. So uh, then they get to a uh, an area where there's like a, a roaring river. There was like a bridge, but it's all collapsed and stuff. Um, so yeah. Yen takes this opportunity to try to teach Siri how to like use her chaos here because Yen doesn't have any magic, but Siri has like all the magic um, <laughs> and how like basically teaches her the words that she needs to use to like rebuild the bridge. But Siri. Uh, she starts to kind of get it going, but then she just starts bleeding from her eyes and her nose. Yeah. Like it does not look good um, until she eventually like has to stop because she can't do it. Like she struggles real hard with this and she barely even gets like some of the bridge out of the water. Like she doesn't even succeed at like getting it all out. Um, so she's obviously struggling really bad. And then she just like gets really upset yells fuck really loudly and they teleport to the other side of the river yeah (laughs) done yeah huh like back up you couldn't get the bridge up but you could just straight teleport like hmm interesting interesting how that works there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe we'll talk about that later Mm -hmm. um but yeah so they they managed to get across by just straight teleporting to the other side i think the horses are there too like she teleported the horses as well yeah she just bamfed um, everybody that was a yeah. night crawler reference um they get to Sintra. um yin is starting to like i think this whole trip has had her bonding with siri and now she's questioning like am i doing the right thing here yeah. I might be like, I think I'm regretting this. And then they have this like weird moment where they're like minds kind of connect together. Mm-hmm. They have this telepathic conversation where Siri figures out what Yin's true intentions are. Right. And she like, she's like, okay, I can't trust you. I need to get to Geralt's. Yin tells her that Geralt was never in Sintra in the first place. Um, so it's real bad. Siri like loses her temper, gets angry. She's betrayed. And some of her power kind of lashes out and creates like this massive crack in the earth that runs up to like the wall of Sintra and cracks that too mm-hmm. and alerts the Nilfgaardians. So they just start piling out after her and Yennefer, they're fighting back. Geralt shows up and all ties in together Geralt goes on an absolute like murder spree here. Um, and he, get, we, we get that, the signature thing, that thumbnail that we used a very long time ago of Geralt's facial expression <laughs> in this fight. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's something so, weird with his wig too in the, in these scenes for some reason. I yeah. I, it's, there's something to do maybe like a weird wig day or something, but uh, yeah. Also we get to see the dwarves fighting and I just want to make a little small note of the fact that like their weapons, like, <laughs> like we already know Yarpin's hammer is like a half, like half of the head is like a hammer head. Uh-huh. And the other half is like this, like m- cast in iron hand. 
Yeah. Like basically like giving, like, I think the, the continent equivalent of like flipping someone off. Right. right. I think that's what that is. Um, and then I noticed in this fight, there's a dude with a cast iron foot on a stick. Yes. That's one of the weapons. And it's like, you're hitting a dude with a foot. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The dwarves are the best. And like, they don't even like, it's not even just them whacking people. Like they like knock a dude on his ass. They like line up like a, like a sharp object. And then Garpin comes wrong and like hammers it. into him. Oh, it's so good. good. It's so good. I want to see more dwarves fighting next season. So funny. Absolutely. Um, Yes. So it's, it's really funny. Uh, Geralt finishes off the guys that are like trying to get Siri. Um, and then probably what I would say is one of the most, like, like the strongest scenes in, or the most impactful scenes in this whole entire season is that Yennefer like approaches after the fight and Geralt turns his sword on her and it's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Right. He's mad. Well, he's got to pick a side. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, he's, he's. He knows Siri is his daughter. Right. Right. This and, and, is like the point where there is no argument. And his about duty, that. It's, his duty is to protect her. And it's, mm-hmm. it is, it's his heart or his duty. And I think it's his heart either way. It's his heart either way, his, but it's, it's his romantic heart or his father, you know, heart. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, both are love, but different kinds of love. And mm-hmm. it, like he, he has to side with Siri in this. And, mm-hmm. and so he's, he's just going to do it. Like, you know yeah and yeah. it's very impactful because i this is like i didn't even write this down because i just thought about this in <laughs> in episode what was it episode it wouldn't have been episode seven it would have been episode six unfortunately but in in like during the dragon episode the child of surprise came between yennefer and Geralt. Mm-hmm. like the fact that she found out that he had a child surprise and basically didn't care about it made her like while it was she was already pulling away that was kind of the final nail in the coffin and in this episode the child surprise is coming in between them again but in a much more different way yeah right like he's choosing the child surprise over her when he would have easily last season picked her over the child surprise right right and it's due to her decision yeah so it's 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 like a big reacting to her decision so right yeah, he tells Yaskier, get Siri out of here, and he's going to go after... He, he's going to deal with the monster, um, and I guess it's up to your interpretation if he's talking about Yennefer or if he's actually talking about going after Volethmir. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... When I first heard it, I thought he was talking about Yennefer. Like, he's like, I'm going to deal with a monster, and I was like, God, ooh, damn. Um, but I think I think he might have just been talking about Volethmir, and he's going to use Yennefer to get to her. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably yeah. the real interpretation. But and he you could read it either way. Yeah, but he he does at this moment like claim on it. Like Yarpin is like, is that your child? And he's like, Yes, it's mine. And he's like looking directly at Yennefer. Um, so mm. uh at this point, this is when the baby was found, which it doesn't line up in the timeline because it's like daytime. Yeah. And then, yeah, but um, thematically it lines up. Yeah, so they get right. this is a kind of thematically lines up where they get sucked into like the forest where Mm -hmm. um she was being held with the hut right whenever the deathless mother is being is it has managed to get her way out of her prison um and then the last thing we see is her little like cindery form traveling on the wind and then just going into siri and her eyes glow cut that's the end of the episode so yeah Whew. Yeah. And, you know, uh, like I said earlier, like there are s- some of these scenes and some of the themes and some of the ways that stuff plays out uh, is really, really cool. Um, yeah. And that's the stuff I like about the, the TV show. And it's unfortunate some of these other, I don't know, mechanical issues or storytelling beats just don't just don't land correctly. And yeah, and a lot of a lot of the Internet has taken issue with those pieces of it. Um, because some of these other pieces work well and yeah, they break from the, you know, the books, but they still tell a cool story, you know, it's Mm -hmm. still exciting and fun and there's some really cool scenes. So, um, anything, anything, uh, you want to bring up here to kind of, kind of wrap up? Yeah. So, uh, 
one thing I would just like to note, and this is going to stuff that they're probably going to expand on a lot here, mm-hmm. expand a lot here um, with series powers, because it, it's not. It's obvious that here, like she's obviously very powerful. People have been talking about it the last two episodes, like how strong her 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 connection to chaos is. So it's like, okay, so she would be like a really strong sorceress, right? Like that's probably what people are coming to the conclusion that's, of. That tends to be the assumption. Yeah. Or at least that's, that's it, what people seem to think that is going on, right? Yeah. But she has the instruction and we notice in the last episode that she received instruction, very simple instruction, like the words that she needed to say when it came to making a portal and she made it easily. It easily happened. And she, the same thing is happening here when she's trying to reconstruct this bridge, but she just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so it would, it, it seems weird that she can't do it. That she's literally like killing herself, trying to manage it and it's not working. And then she just immediately teleports them. Just want people to pay attention to the a- different aspects to where, like what it relates to for the things that she's able to do easily and the things she's not really able to do. Right. It's right. important. And right. this will get into it more, but I'm not going to expound on it. If you played the Witcher three, you know, yeah, like, you know, yeah, all about that. Um, and the other thing is uh, I want to talk about Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga, Baba Yaga. Um, so, uh, Voleth Mir, uh, this, this was kind of a thing. This was a thing for the show specifically. Um, but for people who are familiar enough with Baba Yago, and we've talked about it before, how basically she, how inspired she is, uh, you know, she's got the whole house with like the chicken legs, mm-hmm. um, or at least, uh, from what I'm reading here is they, they're actually calling, they're saying that they're basilisk legs on the show. They, they consider them basilisk legs, but they're inspired yeah. by the chicken legs from the actual myth. Yeah. Which I think basilisks are chicken like anyways. So they being like, that they're, they have bird like and kind of yeah. dinosaur like, yeah. um, yeah. and then specifically, and I didn't, cause I hadn't really looked into the Baba Yaga stuff yet. I was like, I knew we were going to talk about right. it and not John Wick. I was saving it. No, um, the hut, hut, turn your back to the forest and your front to me is an actual direct reference to Baba Yaga myth. That's an actual line. That's from, from her. That's from, that's about Baba Yaga. So that is not something that they made up. That is something. So whenever you wanted to enter Baba Yaga's hut, mm-hmm. you had to say that line in order to make the door show. So like in the show, whenever it turns, that's the line and that's say. how they get in it. That's, that's the line that's so, directly related. So you've now said that during the show, like twice now, if you say it one more time, are we going to have like our own Baba Yaga door appear in front of us? Uh, because that sounds like a terrifying idea. I'm, I'm gonna vote that we don't say it one more time. Okay, that's fine. Uh, and I can just talk about the next part. That's also a direct reference that they used in the show. Okay, um, as long as we don't this, summon Baba Yaga into as, our world yeah. right now. Yeah, that would that would be a bad idea. Yeah. So I'm not gonna do that. Um, so specifically uh in this is a part this is i'm I'm reading uh new world encyclopedia for Mm. baba yaga um in some tales her house is connected with three riders one in white riding a white horse with a white harness who is day a red rider who is the sun and one in black who is night day the sun and night yes but red white and black does that sound uh-huh. familiar uh-huh uh-huh yeah, yeah so leading back to that episode episode right. two right right they all have the visions one in red one in black and one in white that right. is yeah yeah it's all connected it's all connected. it's all like voleth mirror is just bobby <laughs> it's bobby yaga yeah which so. it's 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 all that's all been part of it this whole time yeah that's that's really cool so they really they like literally pulled from the myth yeah, and, and Baba Yaga does uh, is is sourced from Slavic mythology. That's another Slavic mythology thing. I know it's really associated with like 
um, in like Russian tales and things. But they're all um, connected. Like they all. Yeah, they, it's all very. They're all very the same line, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, very so. much so. Like those cultures are all like they, they may have the Russian equivalent of it. Yeah. Like there's, mm-hmm. but those cultures, the stories all are shared. A lot of those mm-hmm. cultures just have their own version of that same myth. So it's a. Uh, yeah, that's very cool. That's that's really, really it's cool. Very, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so and uh, it's just another thing that I'm seeing here, which I don't maybe 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 it was just convenient. Maybe not. It talks about how um, Bobby has servants a cat, a dog, which isn't really important, mm-hmm. but also a gate and a tree. Okay. A gate and and a that tree. might be something that uh, might be more important in the next episode about something, something happens, you know? Gate and a tree. Interesting. Gate. Yes, because we've been dealing with these pillars or gateways. Mm-hmm. And a tree shows up in the next tree. episode. And I wonder, where's there been a huh. tree? Hmm. A significant tree this season? Can yeah. you think of anything? Mm. Interesting. Well, what, also, well, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I can't remember. I feel like I saw this at some point during this episode, but I, I can't remember for sure. Was Did you remember seeing a crow in this episode? In this episode? Yeah. A cr- or just a crow around it. I feel like it might have been like the maybe like the Ryan scene or something. There may have been a crow somewhere. I'd I can't have to remember look for again. sure. I'd have to look but again. I remember a yeah. crow, and it says that in 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 the myth, Baba Yaga can turn into a crow. So, do you think maybe there's crows hidden? I think so because I feel like I saw a crow. In some of the scenes. That I would be like interesting. Okay, we'll have to go back and look. Yeah, because I wasn't looking so, specific. Like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I if, wasn't like, either crows... until I read this, and I was like, "Did I see? I feel like I saw a crow, but maybe I didn't." That's really but interesting. I, like, I if like crows just kind of show up in scenes, like in just part of the scenery and backgrounds of stuff. Yeah, that would I be really so. cool. That would be really cool. Okay, yeah. If so. you guys, if you guys know of scenes where crows show up in this in this season, that would that may be like a portent of, you know, a sign, just like her whispering and things yeah that would be really cool too yeah and there's talk about like her having animal servants and stuff which Mm -hmm. not exactly animals something we'll see that uh, similar to such that she deals with in the next episode so yeah you know there's there's a lot of tie-ins i feel like they did on purpose like i feel like they've they do good and like so well on that aspect of the show that i feel like if these things are here it's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it was like a, oh yeah, we just wanted to, you know, make this thing and it just happens to be like that and it happens to tie into Baba Yaga myth. I feel like they did it on purpose. Oh yeah, I know. It's very intentional. They didn't just oh. make something up whole cloth, which is cool. Like it's, I think it's really cool when shows like this do do this intentionally because yeah. it really does play into the same lore and the same origin as so much of what the witcher originally tied into um and so that that really does make a lot of sense um well very cool stuff toasty thanks for thanks for digging into that um do you have anything you want to share before we head out follow us on twitter the witch Lorecast. yeah dude uh we'll be back next week talking about yen or tris or somebody else who's who's the best one for Geralt. and i i can't wait to have a debate i know toasty has his tr- truth particular truth opinion. to yes to deposit on others so if you have a really strong opinion and want to debate with toasty i would i would love for you to come join us because i think that would be super entertaining um <laughs> but uh we'll be here next week as usual see this is a same time this same is place. about the patrons this is about the patrons i'll probably eventually of voice my truth on that episode but it's not about me it's about the patrons voice my truth yes but we want to hear your opinions it's about you guys mm-hmm. so come and come and join us uh we'd love to we'd love to see you guys uh, very t- <laughs> yeah people in chat are, are talking but man we'd love to have you guys to come join us next week I, w- I would just like to point out i think that if uh i can see two of them if i i think if ben upgrades his tier 
Joker, if you sign up, I think that puts us at 250. I'm just saying. Oh, if we hit 250. Okay, so here's the other thing. If y'all do, we're kind of close right now. We're about 200 right now. 250 bucks. On Patreon means Toasty would have to dye his hair, which means that we do this as a video podcast, which means that you would end up with a white haired Witcher Toasty for that episode, which would be uh, amazing. Um, Also, there's the video version of the show, so you could all tune in and see that. And, And this is something I've been meaning to bring up. We have the Witcher lore cast on YouTube, so you can always watch this if you can't see the live show version which is on our um, it's on the robots radio youtube it's streamed on there which is where we stream everything um, during the week uh it's also streamed on the robots radio twitch channel but the actual episodes go up on the witcher lorecast youtube channel so we've been trying to grow that channel out to hit a thousand um uh, subs on that channel, which is of course free because it's YouTube subs on YouTube are free. It's not like Twitch and if we could do that, that would be amazing. So if you guys can follow us over there and help us grow that channel out, that would be super awesome because um, YouTube has stated uh, it was about a year ago. They stated that they're just going to run ads on every video now anyway, which means that if we don't hit a thousand subs on that channel, you guys might still get ads that we just don't get paid for which kind of sucks because we can't control the ads because we're just not at a thousand subs. So if you'd help us out by just subbing to that channel and you could still watch some of the episodes over there and see our beautiful faces and maybe Toasty's white hair when when he dyes it. Um, But then helping us get to that thousand point would help us get some of the ad revenue and that that would help support the show as well. So if if you do that too, that would be awesome. But man, that would be, that would be awesome. I'd love to see uh, Toasty with some white hair next week. So uh, that's what we got going on. Um, you guys can check out all our stuff. Robotsradio.net for all the different shows. And this week we have the Mass Effect Lorecast coming up next. That is now uh, Ben checked in on it. We're only forty five dollars away from getting for getting Toasty to dye his hair on the Patreon. That's amazing. Oh, God. oh my! It's somebody coming. just signed up. Somebody just signned up. What? We're two hundred and thirty eight dollars right now. What? <laughs> what? Oh my God! No, we just holy crap! Oh, look at this. Ben upgraded. We got a new oh sign up. We'll do gosh. the we'll do the thanks uh, next week for oh all the all gosh. the new people. This is oh getting close. This is getting close. We're two hundred thirty eight bucks. That's twelve dollars now. We're twelve dollars away. Twelve dollars away. This is one tier four. Oh this is like one tier three plus a tier two. This like we're we're it's shut up Joker. Thank you, shut up Joker. Um, we're very very close. And we're going to be excited to talk with you guys next week. So thank you. Come join us. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. We've got the Mass Effect Lorecast coming next. Uh, that has moved from Sunday nights to Monday nights. So it will be the show after this show every week from this point on. Um, so uh, if you'd like to stay and hang out, that will be coming up in about 15 minutes. And thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you guys next week for our awesome patron chat about Yen and Tris. So we'll see you. All right, everybody. Have a good week. And until then. Stay safe on the path. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to The Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.